0: welcome back to time out with the sports doctor podcast where life sports and medicine intersect we're very glad that you continue to support this podcast you can get the information on any platform uh, where podcasts are played as well as getting the video content on youtube But if you want to just get one place to find all the content, go to my website at drgerrickesportsdoctor.com and you will find everything on that website. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor. And we got another first for you this time, this episode. We have a corporate chef. So we have Mr. Roger Collins. He's a food fanatic chef. Uh, for U.S. Foods, currently in Lubbock, Texas, but he's from the great state of Mississippi, from Vicksburg, Mississippi. So welcome to the show, Roger.
1: Man, what's going on, Dr. Burgess? How are you doing today?
0: Man, it's great. Great ha- great to have you here. You know, we miss your services here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I,
1: I, I miss it. I miss it, but it's, it's, sometimes you have to move forward and change your scenery and, you know, just something different
0: yeah so in a former life you well i'm still going to call you the owner of high five eats um, yes sir catering service and former restaurant owner you know a lot of things so let's just kind of talk about your journey of how you made it to where you are now um, in the cooking industry
1: yes sir so first of all i started out my grandmother the way i started cooking is my grandmother ended up getting cancer she was the sole person that cooked for us everything so when she got cancer, I actually went in there. My mom, she was working, things like that, growing up in a single parent home. So when my grandmother got cancer, I just got in there and I just started cooking. I started cooking through trial and error. Like you putting the French fries in the grease, instead of me taking them out and draining them, I just turn the grease off, let it get cold, eat them out of there, <laughs> um, getting ready to the barbecue. You dipping your meat in the barbecue sauce before you before you put it on the grill. So now when you put it on the grill, what's in barbecue sauce, sugar, burning up, wrong on the inside. So I started <laughs> out like that, but I tell a lot of people, don't let struggle strangle you, but let it strengthen. You. And the reason why I say that is because now the very thing that hurt me, that was hurting me with my grandmother getting cancer and me having to learn how to cook at a young age, now I make money off of it. So you never, I tell young people, you never know If you have a a sick parent at home and you have to dress their wounds and things like that, it could be preparing you to be a doctor in the future. So you need to make sure that you embrace your struggles. Don't let them strangle you. Sometimes life will knock the life out of you. But you got to let life strengthen you and you got to keep moving forward. So that's how I started with that. I started cooking. Then I uh, ended up going to school, actually for computers at first. My mom was like, the computer industry booming, right? (laughs) We need you to make some money. You can't make no money just being a cook. I can remember kindergarten, first grade, career fair. uh, Even in high school, uh, going to the kitchens and stuff, I always wanted to be a chef. But she was like, I ain't no money in that. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to school for computers. I flunked out of school for computers because that was not my passion. I had like a 0.9 GPA. And my teacher was like, no, no, no. We're going to have to. We're going to have to move you on. But this is the thing. She said, Rod, I don't want to give up on you. So she's, what do you really love to do? And I believe a lot of times in the school system, we give up on students instead of seeing what they really love to do. I love it when teachers actually take the time out to figure out, okay, I see you're talking in class. I see you're doing this in class, but why are you really doing it? Let's get to the root of the problem. So my right. teacher was like, let me get to the root of the problem with this young man instead of just kicking him out of school. So she walked me to the culinary department and my life completely changed. Like from yeah. there, I mean, it's, it's, it was amazing. Go ahead, Dr. Burgess.
0: No, I was about to say, you know, one thing I think, and it's kind of from not any knock on anyone, you know, parents or whatever, but parents try to do what they know will give you a good income, Right. Right. And A couple of generations back, the mentality was get a job that has good insurance, it's got good benefits, that you can work there the rest of your life so you can have a good retirement, right? And don't take chances because chances will make you broke. And, you know, get an education, things that were just the tried and true. Now we're kind of moving into an era where entrepreneurship is more relevant and is more open to us, especially as African-Americans, but we still sometimes have that mentality, sometimes from a scarcity mindset of don't take a risk because we want to do the tried and true, you know? Um, And one thing we try to make kids choose what they want to be at such an early age, you know, raise your hand. Hey, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a doctor. And, you know, we put them in this box and want them to stay in that box even though they haven't really even developed as a person yet to know this is what my strengths are. This is what my weaknesses are. But in your particular circumstance, you had somebody that looked at you as a person and said, all right, I know you have skill set. I know you have value. We just have to figure out truly where your value lies.
1: Correct. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. And I'm grateful for that opportunity because a lot of times people can see your value before you can yeah. And especially at the age, at that college age, you out there drinking, smoking, acting a fool, all that kind of stuff. And she's like, hey, it's more value to you than what you think. And so let's go ahead and stir that, stir that in the right direction.
0: All right. So this was at college that you kind of got introduced to culinary.
1: Yes, I got introduced to the actual I didn't even know Jones had I can't I mean, I graduated out of Jones. I didn't even know that they had a culinary program. So I yeah. ended up quitting. I, I didn't do the computers anymore, went over there to the culinary department, and life changed, man. Like, I ended up meeting a lady named Miss Gloria Newell, friend. she still lives in Ellisville now. That was my teacher. And at that time, I didn't know Christ, and I'm just going to be honest with you. And she was like, Ron, come to church with me. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to church with nobody. Go to hell with gasoline drawers on. I don't care. <laughs> Let me burn. You know, I'm just being yeah. honest with you. Yeah. That was my attitude. But I got down to living in my car on Jones College campus. And when I was living in my car, this right here was while I was in the culinary department, I didn't realize that the Lord was all I needed until the Lord was all I had. I didn't have anything else. I didn't have anybody else. So God really stepped in at that moment when I felt like I was at my lowest. He lifted me up. And sometimes I think we have to go through those moments so we can see hey, it's more to life than what I'm doing. So once I did that, I ended up becoming an ambassador for Jones. They gave me a billboard. I was on commercials. All of that kind of stuff ended up still great. I graduated from Jones and all of that. I mean, it was an amazing experience, but that was after those pivot points. And I believe everyone in their life is going to have a pivotal point where like you can either go down, you can stay where you are and really you tired of staying where you are or else you can move on forward in your life.
0: Yeah, man. And thank you for sharing that story. Because like you mentioned, many people won't talk about the setbacks or the failures, but I truly believe if you, because right now I'm saying corporate chef, you know, food fanatic yeah. chef, whatever that means. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, somebody like, wow, I, I work at McDonald's or I work at Burger King. I know I can cook. I know I have talent, but how can I ever become a corporate chef? But when you start to reveal some of the pain points that you had to overcome or setbacks that you had to overcome, you become more yeah. realistic and more somebody that people can identify with you with. So, you know, thanks for sharing that story. And I know that's not the only setback or the only struggle. But, you know, that's a major thing. Like you said, you were down living on a college campus in your car. Right. Um, and yeah. that's when you Realized all I really need is God.
1: So that's powerful. And um, as you keep going, I went to USM for hotel restaurant management. And then Laurel High School called me and was like, hey, we need a culinary teacher. So I'm like, whoa, I'm 20 years old. I didn't think I could be a culinary teacher at 20 years old. So, hey, I went for the interview. I jumped in there and I ended up getting the job. And long story short, me jumping, me, one of my favorite quotes is, as the carpenter builds the house, the house builds the carpenter. That means as I was in that job working, the job was working on me. So go. it started like the things that I was teaching that I had not learned. It was teaching, the job was teaching me how to deal with people. It was teaching me how to deal with you. It was teaching me how to you know, do my culinary skills a lot better. So we ended up taking these students from Laurel High School and we won two Pro Start competitions. Pro Start is a culinary competition. We were number one in the state twice. And I taught there five years. We were number one in the state twice. We opened up two restaurants on uh, Lauren High School campus. We had a coffee shop and we had a small restaurant called The Tavern. I took students to Baltimore, Maryland. We competed in Baltimore, Maryland. We competed in at the Mall of America. And it's just like, once you give your life over to God, no matter what kind of adversity you got, he can use you in those capacities to change other people's lives. So these students, I still keep in contact with some of them today. And it's, it was amazing to see what happened. But then once I finished that, that's when I jumped into my entrepreneurship. All
0: right. So let's talk about leaving the school and, you know, kind of the next step and, you know, another uh, leap of faith, right?
1: Yeah. So I left there and I went to go work at the church, working with the youth. So God, I felt God lead me to go that route and start my own business. So I opened up a catering company. Now, you're not supposed to cater out, out of your house, but <laughs> I catered out of my house for years. man. But I felt like I couldn't get the bigger jobs because I didn't have the right certifications. So it's like this. It's hard to get the certifications. It's hard not to have the big jobs. You just got to pick your horn. Either way Mm -hmm. it goes, it's going to be hard. Go ahead and go through what you need to go through. Get your permits from the health department, all of that. So I ended up doing that. And catering was good. I ended up doing catering. I had a restaurant on the campus of Southeastern Baptist College. I did a lot of catering for you and your wife. Um, Absolutely. I did. High five.
0: Birthday parties.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Birthday parties. FCA. Uh, We did. I had high five eats where we were cooking for the Lauren High School football team, (laughs) basketball team. Band. Then we ran all the concession stands. It was just. Then I owned the corn stand downtown. It was just like once you get in that mode as an entrepreneurship, you start over here, you build this one up, and then you say, dog I can pivot off of this one. I can pivot off of that one." And it was just like up, 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 up from there. It was amazing.
0: So talk about kind of the mindset of an entrepreneur. Like you said, you just trial and error, right? Okay, start a little catering. Now yeah. I have a restaurant. Now I'm doing you know, catering large events. I'm doing hometown stuff, downtown, you know. Talk about how you just learn and grow.
1: So as you move forward, you pick up different tools from each thing. My old pastor, Pastor Bridges, he used to say, it's just like when you're going somewhere, you're building a nest. You're picking up everything as you go so you can build that nest as you get older. So as I, one, two things that I would tell any entrepreneur, discipline and consistency. Consistency. You have to be disciplined. When you're working for yourself, you don't have nobody saying, okay, you got to clock in at this time. you got to clock out at that time. Man, if you don't clock in, guess what? You don't get nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. And also, you have to be consistent with your product because if I'm getting this today and then tomorrow just because I don't feel like it, I can't produce that same product because a lot of your customers are going to come from events that you do. So they're expecting that same thing from the event that they booked you from, but I'm having a bad day today. I don't want to get up. Also a lot of entrepreneurs think I don't want to work for nobody. So therefore I'm going to quit. I don't want to work. I don't want to, you're going to always work for somebody. Right. So That's therefore the, when you get in the there, entrepreneur, right. <laughs> yeah. You're going to <laughs> always the difference
0: work for between somebody. being an entrepreneur and just working for yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so I jumped in there and as I was, building the businesses, I started running into a few little things that was just like, Rod, you're trying to do everything yourself. Hmm. Why don't you buy some other people's time? You only have 24 hours in a day. So therefore, you need to start hiring some people. So when you hire them instead of you having 24 hours in a day, now you have added eight hours of their time, eight hours of this person's time. But I'm just paying you for your time. So now my time has multiplied and I can get way more done. Also delegating. I don't yes. have to fill out all my paperwork. I got somebody else over here that can fill out my paperwork. So that frees up my hands to actually go and deal with other things that need to be dealt with. Because I think a lot of times as an entrepreneur, we look like spiders, man. We like, we got our hand over here, a hand over there, a hand over here, And then we really not getting anything done. So you have to watch out for that.
0: Yeah. And as a small business, like you mentioned, one person, three people, whatever, There's so many tasks that have to be done. And, you know, we've had conversations about this in the past. There's always going to be a blind spot. There's always going to be an area that you're not an expert. Your expertise is being in the kitchen, working with people, catering, fixing the product, but maybe not the whole business aspect or being able to be in the kitchen and be able to be out and network at the same time. So, you know, being able to surround yourself, even if you are in a business by yourself, be connected to a group you know, or a network where you can exchange ideas. So you're not just building, you know, everything on your own, because some of the things are already built. You can use a template from somebody else, especially their mistakes. If you're enjoying this episode, don't wait to the end to share it. Share it now. Share this with a friend or a colleague that you think might find value in this information. And then also, Make sure that you click and leave us a five star review and give us feedback because we really value your feedback and your input. Now, back to the episode.
1: That's correct. And um, I tell people, like people my age, surround yourself with people that are older too, that have been in the game longer than you because. I tell a lot of older men, I hang. Up, I got some guys in my life that are like 60s, 60, 65. I've never been 65 before, right. but they've been 34. Yeah. So therefore, it's some things that they can teach me that I can miss if I just listen to these guys that's already been my age, even though I've never been their age. So that's something I encourage a lot of young people to realize. Hey, you've never been 64 before. You need to listen to this guy. He didn't mess this thing up. He's trying to yeah. help you not mess this thing up.
0: You're right. You're right. Now let's talk about how you kind of your current position and how did that (laughs) go? All
1: right. So this is what happened. I had all my businesses. Sometimes in life, you will think that you are above things. In life, you'll feel like because I made it to this point, that point, you'll feel like you are above certain things in your life. And that's when you start to let your guard down. So what ended up happening, I let my guard down, allowed some things to come in my life, and I lost all of my businesses. When I say I lost all of my businesses back in 2021 of the summer, I lost all of my businesses, and I ended up, due to some choices of my own, I ended up being in my truck. And it was one night when I was sleeping in my truck and taking a bath in the park, I realized, man, it's got to be more to life than this. You can be at the top. Never, it all they do is just take a blink of an eye and you can be at the bottom. And it does something to your mind when you say, man, how can this guy that's got all of this, he got this, this, and this, everything lining up for him. How can you make a mistake like that? The enemy is real and your flesh is real. And both of them, they're the steal and destroy. And if you open that's your right. life up to those things, they're going to destroy you. So I allowed some things to come in and destroy some parts of my life. And I was just like, man, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went on a little while. I lost all of that. Went on a little while. And I was sitting at this desk one day. And I said, Lord, if, I don't, if you don't help me, I'm not going to make it. I'm tired of living. I'm tired of all this stuff going on. It's rough. It's at 12 o'clock, y'all. This is at 12 o'clock. I said, Lord, I'm not going to make it. I, I just don't want to live anymore. I'm done. I don't I don't want to. At 12.08, U.S. Foods was calling me saying, Rod, would you like this opportunity? And I tell people, if you can just give God eight minutes, he can do more in eight minutes than you can do in a lifetime, man. Come on. I'm talking about, it was eight minutes that saved me from saying I'm ready to end it versus God opening up this door of opportunity. So they called me, a guy named Brian pinks He called me. He was like, he left a voicemail. I ain't get the voicemail. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I tried to call him back. He wasn't out. I tried to call him. I said, man, this must be a scam or something. <laughs> so he finally called me back. And I heard this guy running. Like, running? I don't know if he's on treadmill or what, trying to hurt him. Get to his phone or what? He was like, yeah, I'm Brian Pink. So I'm with U.S. Foods. We found your resume. We want to offer you this position. But you got to go through a few interviews. So the first interview I went through, it was a virtual interview with a lady named Jennifer Ostrowski. She was like, well, we're going to move you on. Then the next interview I went through was with a lady named Kathy Carey. And she was like, "Mm, I'm not sure if we're going to move you on. I'm just like, Lord, I'm banking on this. So then they called me and they was like, Rob, we're ready to fly. We're going to fly you to Texas. When you get here, we're going to get you a car. We're going to get you a hotel. But you got to compete against the top three people in the United States for this job. So I had to actually go in the kitchen and cook. Let me tell y'all some. My grandmother could not give me six figures, but she could give me the skills to help me make six figures. So at the end of the day, I turned around. My grandma only had about a third grade, sixth, third, sixth grade education. But I had to realize, man, my grandmother is gone, but she still left some stuff on the inside of me. She deposited some on the inside of me. So I had to reach back and say, so what did she teach me on this? What did she teach me on it? Now, when we went to the grocery store and we bought different things, like she wouldn't let us buy hamburger buns, hot dog buns, french fries I already made. She said, no, nah, son, you go over there and get a light bread, you know what I'm saying? And then <laughs> that's going to be your hot dog bun. That's going to be your hamburger right. bun. Now you go over there and get a sack of pota- Yeah, you go over there and get a sack of potatoes and that's going to be your french fries, your mashed potatoes, your hash browns and everything. I had to go back to those skills at this competition because they just gave you a lot of different stuff and they wanted you to be versatile. They was like, hey, make a meal. So man, I went in there and I laid my heart out, man. Like I said, Lord, what experiences had I had? So my menu inspiration were experiences in my life. So, you know, my corn stand, right?
0: I made right. an elote. yeah. Street corn. made a chow- Crack corn, so- I don't know
1: what you put on it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was
1: <Hey>. though. <laughs> yeah so i made that same seasoning i'm like okay i remember my days at the corn stand let me make a menu on that then with the laura high school i remember how we won our first competition with shrimp and grits so i made that but i made the grits into the shape of a texas like i made grit cakes and made the grits into the shape of texas made a sauce to go under and then at the end i was just like i love bacon and i love strawberry jelly so I made, we had this mixed berry strawberry tart and I made some chocolate covered pork belly to go on top and I made a strawberry daiquiri coulis to go on the bottom of it. And man, I just laid my heart out there and told the story behind each one. Before I could get on, I stayed behind and I cleaned up. This is what God told me. He said, Rod, I want you to serve your competitors. He said, I want you to wash their dishes. I say, oh man. He said, if you want to go to the top, you got to be a servant. At the end of the day, man, I went in the kitchen and I washed all of their dishes. They was leaving stuff behind. I was the last one to go. I was saying, y'all need me to watch this while y'all prepping. Now, these people that I'm going against. But God's ways always win. This is what they, By the time I, the next day, the, that night I couldn't sleep. The next day I get, before I could get on the plane, they was like, Rod, you won. Man, you I don't have nothing. I'm down. They say, we're going to pay for everything. We're going to move you out here to Texas. We're going to give you thousands of dollars as a sign-on bonus. And we're going to pay you six figures. And I'm sitting up here like, man, God, you did that in eight minutes? <laughs> if I had to gave up on my life, I wouldn't have seen this. And there's somebody out there right now that's ready to give up. That's they right. tired. And God just like, hey, man, you hold on. You don't, don't quit right now because it's better on the other side. So now my current position, I'm the corporate chef. I'm one of the corporate chefs for U.S. Foods. Um, I'm a food fanatic chef. I travel to the United States and I do food shows. I go into restaurants and I create new products for menus. I also do test kitchen visits where if we have new products coming out, I come up with new recipes for some of those new products. Um, I'm also in a training role too. I do some training for them. It's called Steps. I go to Chicago and I train people from all over the United States. Just got back from Chicago. I had a two-week stint in Chicago. In two weeks, I'll be in Alaska cooking. Um, I got a food show in Alaska. And I'm talking about all of this came after my adversity, man. And um, it's, some, it's a blessing on the other side of adversity. And a lot of people, it, it's a, even though I'm walking through the Valley of the there, it's a walk, man. You got to go through it. You got to go through it, man. And it's hard. A lot of people say, man, I want to be where you at. No, you don't. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean I got you say, you do. <laughs> do You know, know I you sacrificed for this seat? Right. Man, you, I don't know if you want to go through that to get to this point. So it's been an amazing journey. It's, it's been some heartaches and some pains. But to be in this position, in the whole United States, it's only two black men that have this position, and I'm one of them. Wow. And me, I'm only 34. I'm sitting up here like, wow. Thank you, Lord, for putting me in this position. Can I tell you a quick story?
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. It was this couple that went overseas. And it was their 25th anniversary. And they went to this teacup shop. And when they went to the teacup shop, they seen this beautiful teacup on the shelf. And they were like, man, this teacup is amazing. It's beautiful. It's the the best looking teacup I've ever seen. And then the teacup started talking to him. And the teacup said, I haven't always been here. One day I was a lump of clay and my master, he was rolling me and rolling me. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Why you rolling me? And the teacup maker said, you're not ready yet. Then he put him on the wheel, spinning him around and around and around and around. He said, hey, I'm getting dizzy. Get me off of this wheel. (laughs) You already know what the potter said. You're not ready yet. Put him in the oven. He, he beating on the door. Get me out of here! It's too hot! It's too hot! Teacup maker said, "You're not ready yet." Took him out, painted him. He coughing. You trying to kill me? All these films. He said, "You're not ready yet." Put him back in the oven again. He banging on the door, banging on the door. Get me out of here! Get me out of here! He said, "You're not ready yet." Put him on the shelf, cooling down. He put a mirror in front of him and said, "Now you're ready." If I had not have rolled you, you would have crumbled. If I had to put you in the oven, you wouldn't have lasted long. If I had not painted you, then you wouldn't have no color in your life. And I said all that to say, next time you look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, I'm tired of this. You might not be ready yet. Man, it's too hot in here. The adversity is too hot. You might not be ready yet. When things not going the way you want it to go, you might not be ready yet. But one day you're going to look at your life and look say, man, how did I get here? I do that. I look and I be wanting to crown light like, because it's like, how did I become a corporate shell? I had to go through the ovens. I had to go through the wheel. I used to be that lump of clay and I still don't feel like I'm ready yet. I still feel like it's still places I can go. So the next time you look at a teacup, just say it ain't always been that way. You think you want to be that teacup, but are you willing to go through that adversity that that teacup went through to be that beautiful? I
0: got nothing else to say. You know, I normally have a final timeout, but you already stole the show. It's, it's man, Monday. I'm sorry, man. no. Uh, open up the doors of the church past the, the, the benevolence or past the <laughs> trade, whatever you want to do. Because, I mean, it's game over. You said it. I mean, life will challenge you. Your obstacles will test you. But it's what you got on the inside that's going to determine if you fail or if you make it through, right? Yeah. And if you stop now, you know, a message in church, if we don't quit, we will win, right? Mm-hmm. If you stop right now, the game's still being played. But you got to push through. You got to push through these tough times. You know, I got stories just like what you sharing. not just like yeah. the same thing, man. It's been, the game has been on the line multiple times. Yeah. And you can always choose to walk away or you can keep playing.
1: You man, know, we got to keep playing the game.
0: You got to keep playing the game. And that's how you'll surprise yourself and others around
1: you, you know? Yeah, and another thing about staying in the game, Dr. Burgess is, you got teammates that's depending on you. You got your kids depending on you, you got your wife depending on, you You know what I'm saying? It's people, my mama, look. I'm talking about, you know, all of them. and even with you, you know, you got your kids, your wife, you got your other colleagues and stuff like that. They depending on you, so what you gonna do? You gonna leave them, I mean, you gonna not keep going, you gonna not, Go ahead and get your work done, man. There's people depending on you.
0: And your boss is saying, okay, we took a chance on this guy, but we won't. If he fails, we're done, right? We're not going back to Laurel, Mississippi. We're not taking a chance on another young, whatever, black male, young, Hispanic female, whatever it may be, this is our trial. You know, this is my writing. We don't necessarily see it like that, but others are always watching. Always yeah.
1: Watching. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. So I encourage anybody out there that want to quit, keep going. Keep going. Recently, I just started a mentorship program. We got a mentorship program at the high school, kind of high school. I go in once a month and we teach them about culinary. And I got another mentorship where I do some work at the junior high, teach them how to do interview skills. And once a month, we go in and give a young man a shirt and a tie so he can get ready for his next interview. I mean, so it's not just about, at first, when I first moved out here, I hated it. I didn't like Lubbock at first. And God came to me and he said, Ron, stop looking at what Lubbock could do for you and look at what you can do for Lubbock. And my whole life changed.
0: That's great. Well, tell yeah. people how they can kind of follow your journey um, and how they can you know, keep up with what you're doing right now.
1: Yeah, the only platform that I'm on as of right now is Instagram, shelf underscore R-O-D underscore H, uh Shelf underscore Rod underscore H. And that's the only social media platform I'm on with US, I'm with US foods. So sometimes you might see we're about to start shooting some videos for US foods as well on some just some motivational things to people motivated as they're going through different trainings and things like that. And I will make sure I share those with you all.
0: Man, that's awesome. Well, you know, hey, you know the Burgess family. The podcast, the Time Out with the Sports Doctor podcast. You know, we're your cheerleaders. And anytime you want to bless us with a meal, <laughs> we always open. We always Whenever
1: open. I come back to Mississippi, I'm going to have to cook y'all yeah. something. I want to do that because y'all were a big part of my journey, man. Y'all y'all took a chance on me, and I appreciate that. Y'all let me cater stuff for y'all. Y'all let me come to your house and be your personal chef. All of that kind of stuff. So I, appreciate, I really do appreciate y'all. Y'all were a part of that. House building thing. As the carpenter build a house, remember yeah. the house builder carpenter. Y'all were a part of that house that was building me. And I appreciate y'all.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate you as well. But man, yes, hey, this has been a blessing for me. And I can only imagine, you know, the impact that this episode is going to have on someone else. So I really appreciate your time and sharing your story.
1: Thank you, Dr. Burgess. Thank you for letting me be on here. I appreciate that. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episodes. Until later, peace. Hey, time out
1: with the sports Keep head right in the game. We ain't never stopping. You now, in. Trust you don't want to miss this is where life, sports, and medicine.